Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court and Mazda of Everett. Now, here are former Seahawks Michael Bumpus and Paul Moyer. Welcome to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday, right here on Seattle Sports Station 17, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. I am Michael Bumpus here with Paul Moyer. Thank you, everybody, for listening and the people who are here. We got Taylor out front hollering at us. What's up, folks? It's nice for you guys to come out and hang out with us. If you were not aware, there was a big game on Monday against a guy who used to wear the jersey. He's wearing a different jersey. Who won that game, Paul Moyer? The, the, the 12s, if you can hear me, turn this up here. Um, the 12s won that game. 12s won that game. 12s were unbelievable, but that was that was an emotional game. And uh, that's probably the loudest I've heard the crowd since we got to go back to 2013 in the NFC Championships game against San Francisco. I, and when I say loud, I mean, there's been moments where it's been loud, but it was loud you know, an hour before the game yeah. until the game ended, and it was relentless. And th- there's no question in my mind the Seahawks don't win without the 12s on that one. And, you know, I'm kind of here to defend them because the nationally they took some shots at the 12s for being classless. And, you know, why wouldn't you cheer Russell? And I go, well, one, because they're loyal. Right. You know, and their loyalty is to the new bride, and that new bride is Geno Smith. And that was what the Geno, Geno, Geno was about him having to put the weight of the world on his shoulders and what he did. I mean, to go 13 for 13, 17 for 18 the first half, unbelievable. And in the second part, to me, it was more of a, I think it was a compliment to Russell Wilson because if Russell was at the end of his career, if he was washed up, I think they would have clapped for him. But they knew what this game meant, mm-hmm. and they came with it, and they were loyal to the tw- to the Seahawks, and they were going to give everything they could. And the way you do that is you got to get in Russell's ear. Yeah. And I don't know if it worked on Russell or not, but man, they were relentless, and I, I, it was so much fun. That was just a, an unbelievable game. You, you know what they say where I'm from? They was loyal to their soil. Okay. Yeah. It's all about the Seattle Seahawks, and um, Russell came back, and he and he played well. He played well. He 340 did. yards, one touchdown. Um, there's a decision that was made later on in the game. If you pay this man $240 million to go out there and play football for you, you would think towards the end of the game they would give him the football and say, win or lose this game for them. I'll tell you one thing. I'm glad they didn't give it to him because he has a history of just coming back and doing that. So we can put Russell to rest now, right? We can we can move on a little bit, or, or yeah, what are we going to do here? Here's the why. We don't play them for four more years. They're in the AFC. We're in the NFC. The next time we'll see them actually here would be eight years because right. it rotates along. So that was a nice little welcome and, and goodbye. Look, he's going to have his time. He's going to come back here. He's been one of the great ones in, in Seahawks history. He deserves to be in the ring of honor and all the accolades that he's going to get and, and praise. But we got a new bride, and he wanted out. He wanted the divorce, and that's why I think the 12s were so they 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 were into it. You know, Bobby Wagner comes back. It's different. We let Bobby go. Yeah. You know, they're they're not gonna. It's not even be close to that because Bobby didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. So again, yeah, we're moving on. Um, new era, a bunch of young stud football players. Uh, it's gonna be a fun season. All right, so we're done talking about Russell, guys, because yeah. the Seahawks won this football game. So let's focus on the Seahawks and what they did. You mentioned Geno Smith started 13 of 13, 17 of 18 going into the half, um, had two touchdowns, finished 23 of 28. He looked like the guy that Pete Carroll described, because during this whole quarterback competition, we're like, is it gonna be Drew? Is it gonna be Geno? You look at Drew Locke, you say he's younger, he's more athletic, he has a better arm, but that's not what 
Pete Carroll's looking for. He was looking for a guy who's going to run this offense, who's going to be efficient. Now, Gino was efficient to the next level. He was more than efficient. Now, we can't expect that every week from him, but what we saw out of him was a guy who understood this offense, and I think that's what made them comfortable. What did you see out of this offense that you really liked? Well, let me... Let me talk about Gino for a sec because right. there, there was so much on him that, you know, he can't do it. Why are we, we already know what he is. I go, no, we don't because everybody's looking at him when he was 22 and 23 years old, eight, eight, seven, eight years ago when right. he was with the Jets. He didn't really play again. He played a game here, a game there. He's behind Phillip Rivers. He's behind Eli Manning. He's behind Russell Wilson. You're not getting those opportunities. But what we saw from last year in the games he played and then certainly throughout preseason and now in the first regular season game, I think we got a pretty good idea what he is. Yeah. And he's very efficient with the football. Um, he made plays when he needed to with his legs. But, you know, no, really no sacks. He had the two sacks. But, you know, the ball's coming out of his hand quickly. They designed some really cool plays with the tight ends that isolated them on their linebackers. Um, he knew exactly where the ball was going to go. He had control of where the clock was. Um Again, if we're down 21 points, that's not our team. Right. You know, we're, we're not gonna. It's gonna be hard for us to come back. But uh, I tell you what, with the type of defense we play with our running game, uh, we win a lot of games with Geno. I like what Geno brings to the table. He's not gonna take too many risks, but eventually you're gonna ask him to take a couple of risks. We didn't see DK and Tyler Lockett get involved. They had 10 receptions, but just 64 yards between the two. And maybe that makes some of you guys, people panic, right? When are we going to get DK involved? Are we, we going to see him throw the football down the field? Lockett's biggest play was probably on that very first drive when Geno found him stepping up inside the pocket. But I think that's something that's eventually going to happen. What you need is to establish the run game. Rashad Penny had 12 carries for 60 yards. There were two runs that were called back over 20 yards that would have put him over 100 yards. So, the, uh, the recipe is there, right? It's all about just putting it all together at the right time. And I love that there's still things to improve on. We didn't see everything you wanted to see out this offense that very first week. No, we put 17 points on the, the board in the first half. You know, so it's looking pretty impressive at that point because we are driving the ball so well. We didn't punt in the first half. And I'm like, okay, this is a pretty efficient. Oh, this is what Pete wants it to look like. Right. And, you know, there will be opportunities to get Tyler Lockett and, and DK Metcalf in the game more. But if they're going to play shell, they're going to play hard over the top the whole time, then it's going to be more underneath. And in this particular situation, this game, man, it was all about the tight ends in the first half. Yeah. They had six of the 18 catches in the first half, um, and they were explosive plays. Obviously, the Will Disley touchdown, and then you throw in uh, Cody Parkinson, who we had on the show last week uh, as well. Great, great play by so him. So what you're saying, come on the show, and, and you're going to ball out. Which, by the way, we do have uh, Abraham Lucas uh, uh, will be here live at 8 o'clock, and then we're also going to have Michael Jackson, uh, the corner for the Seahawks. He'll be calling in at 745. And I am really excited to talk with Abraham Lucas. Lucas, because I want to ask him about that long run from uh, Penny that they called holding on him. Yeah, that, that, that was, was ridiculous. Horse, that was ridiculous. Of course, you know what? Come on now. Yeah, that was a bad call. Yeah, let my guy live. All right, so we focus on the offense. Let's touch on this defense because that was a talking point as well, right? What is this 3-4 going to look like? Who's going to make plays? And you know who made plays was Etienne Nwosu. Oh, man. NFC player of the week. The guy had a sack, a tackle for loss, a pass defended, seven tackles. Um, what did you see out of this defense? defense that uh, that you liked 
Well, I, I just think it was uh, the effort. You know, it, it does look different. I'm not sure how much different. I, I watched it a couple times today before this show. We'll ask Michael Jackson, who was part of the uh, the team last year, you know, what, what are the main differences other than going from a 4-3 to a 3-4? Yeah. But I do like that we've got two edge rushers in Nuosu and certainly uh, Daryl Taylor that – Man, they're a problem. You know, teams have to always account for them, and they've got a motor both in the passing game and in the running game. Let me ask you this. What did you like about it from going up, you know, as an offensive guy going up against yeah. it? What I liked about it specifically is that they understood that Russell Wilson wants to throw the football. Yes, he threw for 340 yards, right? The guy had a good day. But what type of coverage or what type of scheme gave him the most trouble was that too high look. We saw him start that year when Russell was cooking, right? And then the Giants come into town and, and simmer him down with a too high look. So I appreciated that. They said, look, we know who Russell is and what he likes to do. Let's put a two I look out there. Also, Jamal Adams. Now, we're not going to see him anymore. Mm. Um, unfortunately, he is done, it seems no like, for hurts. the rest of the year with a quadricep injury. But the way that they used him, that's why I'm interested to see what, how they use Josh Jones and Quandre Diggs and Ryan Neal, right? Do they have the attributes, some of the attributes that Jamal Adams had? Because they would run that too high look, and they put Jamal at a linebacker spot with the nickel on the other side. So this is the, okay, we got our hybrid Safety, who's playing a linebacker, who's going to come and get you. I like just the creativity that I saw in that defense. Yeah, people have asked, you know, how big of an impact at losing Jamal Adams. I go, it's big. We could replace him as a safety. You know, I mean, if we're going to play a too high safety, Ryan Neal, uh, again, I don't know where he is as far as health and stuff, but we've seen him in the past. He's a playmaker, more more than capable. Uh, So we can mix those three those three safeties. I'm just, but what they were doing from a package inside the box for Jamal Adams is what's going to be hard to replace. Um, you know, he's so explosive. His first two steps are as explosive as anybody in the NFL and how he can attack the line of scrimmage. He's tough. He's a good tackler. He can blitz. Unfortunately, the play that uh, he hurt himself on, they had a design blitz for him kind of as a middle linebacker on third down. Yeah. And they just ran a little stunt between him and the center. Um, you, you can't replace that. So we're going to it's going to be a little different. You know, uh, maybe we go more three linebackers in the, that situation, you know, in nickel situations along the way i i don't know you know time will tell all right so we talked about this offense we talked about this defense we're going to the bay to play the 49ers as of late the hawks have had their number but we know that some things have changed over there as well they're trying to figure out their quarterback situation they have their guy but they also have another guy lurking who's been there for a while jimmy g they went over to chicago took an l 19 to 10 is what they lost and um I saw some moments for Trey Lance early, but also saw some moments where he looked like a rookie. One thing you can depend on or count on when it comes to the 49ers is that defense is going to look good. They are they're the number one defense right now. They they gave up 200 yards. So if you just take week one stats, they're, they're number one, and they play like number one. Their front four is electric, you know, from Armstead to, you know, Bosa. They attack. Fred Warner, to me, is the best middle linebacker in the NFL. And I say that because I really think uh, Jordan Brooks is going to be one of those guys, too. Yeah. But Fred Warner plays with his hair and fire. His recognition uh, in the first, I was just watching a couple quarters uh, when they, they were playing Chicago, and how he got underneath some pass routes. Mm-hmm. So he's a complete player, man. It, they are go- it's going to be a physical game. It's going to give our offense 
all the tests that they want. So we're going to have a really good idea where our offense is. And it's going to be a different game plan. Yeah. It's got to be. We're going to have to take some shots downfield. We're going to have to run the football. But the ball's got to come out quick because what they do is they attack every pass route because they know they're going to get pressure with their front four. So they don't have to play soft in coverage. It's going to be a battle Ooh. against our offense. Come on. It's going to be a battle. Hey, you guys who are here, make sure you stick around. we got raffles coming up or whatnot. Get you guys involved. But when we come back, Paul Moore and I will go around the NFL. That is next right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday right here on 710 Seattle Sport, broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. Right now we have Jennifer Lee Chan joining us from the Bay. Jennifer, how are we doing? I'm good. How are you doing? We are doing okay. We're ready for a matchup, uh, a familiar foe. You know, I watched film on you guys last week. And it's hard to judge you guys, Jim, because it's like, okay, it was raining. It wasn't ideal. You got a, a rookie-esque quarterback because he hasn't played that many games. But one thing is for certain is that the Niners are going to run the ball and they're going to play good defense. What's the feeling like over there in the Bay after one week of football? Well, you know, they're just kind of recovering, and, you know, it's going to be another rainy day on Sunday, 85% chance of rain, so they're going to have to do it all over again. I don't think it can be as sloppy as it was in Chicago. The guys are talking about how there were puddles all over the field. I mean, they squeegeed it, for goodness sake. So I don't think that'll <laughs> happen at Levi's. The drainage is much better. But uh, it should be an interesting game. Trey Lance is learning as any uh, kind of, you know, you call him a rookie because it's really his first year as a starter. And uh, I think he's just going to progress as he keeps going. You know, just watching them on film uh, afterwards, I mean, look, they, their defense is ridiculous. I mean, they're so good. I mean, they get after you. And even offensively, they did some good things. I, is there any panic, though, Just uh, or is it more just, hey, we think the weather was a bigger factor offensively than what the offense really is capable of? Uh, I was in the locker today, and it seems like everybody's calm and cool and collected. But, you know, anytime. Uh, they're asked about any good plays on Sunday, you know, the, at the, in Chicago. It, I think it's tainted by the loss. So it's definitely hit the hit home that they've lost a the game that they really should have won. But yes, you're right. The defense is a top-notch defense, but they let it get away from them. You know, penalties on third downs that kept the drives alive for the Bears that really made a difference, and you know, they lost a the game that technically everybody thought that they would win. We're talking to Jennifer Lee Chan of NBCSports.com, Bay Area. There's a quarterback on the sidelines, Jennifer, and uh, he's lurking. He wears number 10. You might be familiar with him. <laughs> what I have do, no what idea you, who you're talking about. No idea. He <laughs> might be the most handsome man to play football in a very long time, Jen. Um, what, what's the feeling over there with him? Are, are the fans already asking for Jimmy G? How And how patient do you think the coaching staff is going to be with Trey Lance having Jimmy G on the sidelines? I, mean, I think they're going to be very patient with him. I don't think there's a short leash on Trey Lance at all. You know, Jimmy didn't practice at all during training camp. He just started back with the team. You know, his shoulder is 100%, but he doesn't have, I don't think, the the physical endurance that he would have if he had had a regular offseason. So 
I think the only way that Jimmy Garoppolo gets put on the field anytime soon is if Trey Lance gets hurt. And the way Trey Lance was running, that's a possibility. So, I mean, he had a ton of running attempts in Chicago, and he probably will again if it stays rainy and the weather is bad. So uh, he's learning how to protect himself. He's a guy who doesn't slide. He didn't slide when he played baseball. He's slid (laughs) once in his football career. I mean, overall, his entire football career, he slid once, and we saw it during the preseason. And uh, so, yeah, he's, you know, if he keeps running the way he is, there's huge potential for injury. Of course, you never want that to happen to a guy. But, you know, he is young. And, you know, when you're younger, you're kind of more like a rubber band. I I remember those days. You know, he, he, I was telling uh, Bump earlier, I go, I was watching him, he, he reminds me, I, I don't want this to be a negative, but um, he reminds me of like a blue chip five-star high school player that you look and go, wow, that talent is unbelievable. But when I, I watch his mannerisms, just the way he, he takes a snap, uh, the way he does his fakes, uh, you know, around the line of scrimmage and play action and, and works in the pocket, he still looks so young. Is he... Yeah. Is that is that just perception? Yeah, I mean, he is young. He is 22 years old. He doesn't have a whole lot of game experience, so that is true. And I think he's going to get better as he learns more, as he plays more, as he gets more game reps. I mean, you look at any quarterback, you know, without reps, they just don't develop, and he hasn't had that many. So as he, you know, gets good coaching from Kyle Shanahan and, you know, learns the offense well, I think all of that stuff will come together. He has so much potential, but like you said, he's just raw talent, and it'll get it'll get – refined as he as you know he progresses throughout his career jennifer um another thing you can count on (laughs) with the 49ers is that they have the ability to just put a running back in the backfield if the starter goes down and they seem to uh (laughs) to really perform i remember jeff wilson coming up here a year or two ago and running all over the seahawk defense is it all up to jeff now and what do you expect out of him yeah, I would expect him to be the starting guy. Uh, the two rookies that they have, you know, one, Ty Davis Price is a third-round pick. Jordan Mason's an undrafted free agent. Kyle Shanahan is so good at finding those undrafted low-round guys who just, for well, Elijah Mitchell, who's out for eight weeks, he was a sixth-round pick. So, you know, he finds guys. It doesn't matter where they come from, what round, what school. If they, you know, show him what they can do and he likes it, he's not afraid to put them in. And uh, Ty Davis Price, Jordan Mason are kind of bigger backs. Uh, Jeff Wilson's not exactly a small guy, but, you know, they've kind of had smaller running backs in the past. Those two guys are, the rookies are a little bit bigger. Uh, They run with speed, and, you know, it's just, I think the biggest challenge for a rookie in Shanahan's offense is knowing the job of everybody on the field, and that's the tough one, especially when you've got Debo stepping in as a back and then going back out as a wide receiver. Their job's responsibilities change every time that happens so they've got to stay on top of it and it's hard for a rookie in any position in Shanahan's offense so that's the big challenge well I'm going to switch to the defense because they they are electric we all know about Bosa um, I think Fred Warner's the best middle linebacker in the NFL I, it's it, it's kind of crazy sometimes the rankings they give him below top 10 and I, I don't even understand it he is plays with his hair on fire he's, he's everywhere he's a complete player but I want to talk about this one guy and you may have to help me with his name is it Talona uh, Hufanga love that dude from USC Tal- yes. Talanoa Hufanga thank you he 
uh, well, first of all, a 2021 draft pick out of USC, um, played a couple games, a little bit last year. He jumps off the page in this first game. Tell us a little bit about him. Uh, he's a great kid. He uh, comes from my alma mater, so I already have an affinity for any USC player. <laughs> um, but he also practices during the offseason with Troy Polamalu. So that's kind of his, his mentor. That's the style of play he likes to uh, you know play in. And he has really taken his game to the next level. It was a challenge for him the first season. Again, learning the speed of the NFL is a challenge for any rookie. But he really got in there, got some game reps, which helped him out. But this offseason really worked hard on improving. And the, one of the great things about him is he's like, it's, I'm not – I'm not done. He's, he's always working to get better. He's got this attitude like, you know, it's, it's a process. And he's just been – had a nose for the ball. Yeah, you saw it in Chicago. Got a pick. And his energy is infectious. And I think the secondary really enjoys him out there. Jennifer, we appreciate you hopping on with us and, uh, and giving us a nice little preview here. You take care, and we'll talk to you soon. We're going to bring the rain down for you. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want it. <laughs> All right, Thanks you again. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Right, that was bye. Jennifer Lee Chan, NBCSports.com Bay Area. I'm Michael Bumbus. He's Paul Moore. You guys stick around. we got raffles going on. Coming up next, we're going to talk to corner Michael Jackson right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection here every Thursday at 7 o'clock on Seattle Sports 710, broadcasting from Bellevue Square Center Court. We got family in the crowd. The Rogers are here. We got Taylor, familiar (laughs) faces. It's a family affair going on, going on. And Moyer... We're sitting, we're lounging, we're on the couch right now, feeling I'm, good. I'm as comfortable as can be. I mean, this is good. I got I got back spasms like crazy, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable with them right now. So we, um, look. we're going to talk to a guy, Mike Jackson. He is a great story for the Seahawks. He is proof that if you just show up and do your job and compete and make some plays, you have an opportunity to make this team. I don't think that's that's fair all across the league some organizations are like that you know you, you have guys that you pigeonhole and you say this guy's gonna have opportunity no matter what mike jackson make that squad yeah i mean he, he was a uh, 2019 a fifth round pick by the dallas cowboys and bounced around with a few teams you know they signed him to uh, the uh, practice squad uh, after 2019 and then detroit signed him uh, off of their practice squad and then new england grabbed him and then we ended up uh, getting him and then uh, signed him to a futures contract um, i'm really curious when we get him on does he go by michael or mike because i i would imagine michael jackson would probably be really Here's here's our connection, right? My yeah. name's Michael. Yeah. I was named after Michael Jackson, Where but my name's not Michael Jackson. I know and if that. you call me Michael, then we just met. So most people or call I'm me mad Bob, at you. call me Mark. Oh yeah, or the wifey, or or the mom is mad at me. My, my son is Nick, but when I'm mad at him, I go Nicholas James, and he whenever I call him Nicholas, he goes Dad, don't call me that. This <laughs> is always always so mad. But I mean, obviously with Michael, Je- we got Kobe Bryant on our team. We got Michael Star Jackson. Um, so I'm curious about that. But look, let me tell you a little bit about him as we're waiting for him to come on. 
Boy, he's tough. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's so amazing to me that how he didn't stick with another team. Uh, one part of it, I think, is just opportunity right. because he is a tough dude. I mean, he comes with it. I mean, I, I don't know. He could play safety. I, that's how good of a hitter he is and tackler. He ain't. He doesn't shy away from anything. He's got good feet. I mean, he he's rarely in a bad position. Just watch him through preseason and even this last game. I know Pete. You know, he's all about you know some tackling and and, and don't miss tackles, but. The two that I would, if they say he missed them, man, I, I, if I was a coach, I'd have a hard time telling him what else to do. Right. Because he came in there with the shoulder. He tried to wrap, but his arms, right when he hit, they c- kind of went down, and the guy bounced off. And one of them was a tight end. But, uh, no, he's, what a pleasant surprise. to Think about our two starters. Our two starters <laughs> this past <laughs> week were Michael Jackson, who was on our practice squad yeah. last year, and Tariq Woolen, who's played about 15 games at corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and we won. <laughs> Which, boy, the future looks good. Yeah, the future looks bright with guys like Michael Jackson, Tariq Woolen, Kobe Bryant got some time in there as well. You talk about the offense with the rookies at the tackle spot. It's, um, it's rare that you have so many new guys out there, especially with this transition, right? You would think that with the transition that's going along from uh, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, KJ left a couple years ago, that you would just go at what you know. Like, okay, I'm going to trust these guys because they've been here for a while. Now, Sidney Jones was out because of a concussion, and that gave opportunity. But that's how this league works. I mean, I got my shot in the league because of an opportunity, because three, four guys went down and said, all right, I guess we got to play this dude, <laughs> throw him in there, and let's see what he does. So I think that's a testament to Michael Jackson to just staying ready and taking advantage of every opportunity that he had. And, and this kind of reminds me, go back to 2012, you know, where you got Tyreek Woolen who starts at corner, and so does Michael Jackson. And I get that. Um, you know, we had a couple of veteran guys who didn't play through preseason and, and were, were banged up. But they're veteran guys that you you know what you're going to get. And Pete said, no, you know, we're, we're playing the guys who played the best throughout training camp. I don't care if you're on a practice squad or you're a rookie, you're starting. And that to me said a lot because I'm, I'm taking back 2012. Russell Wilson gets an opportunity after we just signed a guy for, you know, $10 million. Or I can't, back then it was big money. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name anymore, which just goes to show you another one of our, our quarterbacks in the past that didn't do anything. Um, but yeah, to me, really, really impressive. And I thought Michael Jackson played well, and I think he's going to continue to play well. It's going to be a battle because they're, Kobe Bryant's going to get better. He only, mm-hmm. he, I think he only had two snaps. You know, one of them was the, the touchdown. Um, had Coleman played for the most part, most of the nickel. And we know, and actually, I was, I had to go back and watch because it's hard to see during the game. You you can't watch everybody. And I go, you know, he still has that same quickness he had a couple years ago when he was here. And so that was encouraging for me. Those quick feet. I mean, he was the best at covering a guy in a slot and be able to break on an out route and be able to undercut it. Um, so the quickness is still there. So I'm, I'm encouraged with our secondary. I mean... You know, the Jamal Adams is a tough one. Yes, yeah, I think we'll be okay. That's tough. One of the knocks on this this defense as a whole was the tackling during the preseason. Michael Jackson got a lot of snaps during the preseason tackling. So when we lined up on Monday Night Football, that's what I wanted to see. You mentioned Mike Jackson not making a play on a tackle. Those guys play football, too. They are going to make plays. I looked at the defense, and it seemed better, right? Because during the preseason, I think you mentioned last week, we didn't see 13 starters out there for the Seahawks. Guys, you are going to count on when you 
you looked at the defense and the tackling, did that seem a bit better to you? I thought the tackling got better as the game went on. Um, it, it, we we played hard. That's I mean, it's going to happen. But when you don't tackle really live, live, it's just there's no way you're going to be at the, your best. And by the way, someone mentioned it was Flynn. Uh, the great thing about <laughs> technology today is you're on the air. People are saying, correcting you on air. There you go. Um, but, no, I, I, I liked what we were doing. I think our front four has really good. I mean, you throw in uh, Harris, you throw in uh, Monet, you throw in Puna Ford, you throw in, we didn't even play Miles Adams, which was crazy. Uh, Nuosu, uh, you know, and, and, and um, Daryl Taylor out there. We we have Al Wood. I mean, we yeah. have so many guys now that are depth, and they were really, they made it tough for Russell. You know, Russell didn't have a whole lot of time other than when he got on a few bootlegs and he got outside the pocket. Now, one thing that I thought was really interesting is that Pete Carroll said, well, Russell's not that good going to his left. And our whole <laughs> game plan was to force him to go to the left. Uh-huh. Now, look, that was kind of the demise of Colin Kaepernick. You know, once they found out he couldn't throw to his left, I mean, that was a demise for him. Um, I never thought Russell had a problem throwing to his left. But you know what? They studied enough film, obviously 10 years with them. You're going to know his strengths and weaknesses. So I was getting mad sometimes when I'm going, why are they letting him out of the pocket to the left? Maybe it was more game plan. But he did kind of say, yeah, we got to tighten up our our lanes a little bit and make sure that, you know, people aren't breaking the pocket. Man, we talk about um, these players taking the next step. You want to see guys like DT look better. Um, Chenna had a, had a great first week with the Seahawks, but I also looked at the coaches. I'm like, these coaches are in positions that they're not really, haven't been in before. Clint Hurt being the first time defensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, his second year being able to call plays the way that he wants to call it. And I think that was evident with just how they call plays because I saw some things that I didn't see last year with Russell Wilson. Um, when you look at the coaching staff defensively and offensively, it, how did you view their game plan, their approach to this week, and how do you see it changing this week against the Niners? Well, I think it's every week's a game-to-game adjustment. Let's start with last week with Shane Waldron. Um, well, we started off 13 for 13, 17 for 18. Yeah. Um, we scored on a, uh, We didn't have to punt. We scored 17 points. Enough said, right? And there was two things that I thought really jumped out, though, for for me. One was there was two d- design plays that I thought were really good. The first one was, I think it was a third down play. It may have been a second down play, but I think it was a third down play. Tyler Lockett, and he kind of ran like a fake out and, and, and broke it back into the seam. And uh, Gino got hit hard. Gino got hit hard on his right side, I think, right when he's about to throw it and completed a perfect throw because he's big and he's strong. That wouldn't have happened last year. You know, one, the guy we had last year wouldn't have seen it. And two, he wouldn't have been able to take that hit with that throw. And then the other one with Shane is when he isolated for um, uh, Kobe Parkinson. And they ran that nice play. I think we're going to do something later on that where they brought the wide receiver on a crossing route. I couldn't understand their defense because they played man-to-man with the corners. And then it looked like they were playing a little bit of zone and in a matchup zone turned into man uh, behind it. But whatever they did and saw, they knew it because they kind of like cheered each other like, yeah, we got him. Uh-huh. And they isolated yeah. Colby Parkinson on the, the linebacker. Beautiful throw for a touchdown. So I looked the first half. If that's what they want it to be, that, I'm good all day. Yeah. 
First half, second half, two different stories. Offense won the first half, defense won the second half. So this week, let's get a complete game going. Hey, guys, come join us here on Thursday nights where you'll have a chance to win gift cards from the Bellevue Collections Dining District. Tonight, they're giving away gift cards to Cactus, Duke Seafood, Cypress Lounge, and the Wine Bar at the Weston. Lots more to do when we come back. I'm Michael Bumpy. He's Paul Moore right here on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, presented by the Bellevue Collection at Bellevue Square Center Court. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on Seattle Sports Station. Welcome back to Hawks Live, presented by Bellevue Collection. Every Thursday, right here on 710 Seattle Sports Station. We're broadcasting live from Bellevue Square Center Court. Paul Moya, right now we are joined by Mike Jackson. Mike, what's up? How are you doing? First question I got for you, man. My name is Michael as well. So do you go by Mike or do you go by Michael? I go by Mike. Mike. That's what I thought. I told my buddy here, Moyer, I go, if anyone calls me Michael, I either just met them or I'm in trouble. So Mike, yeah. you go by Mike Jackson. <laughs> Your son's Michael Jackson Jr. Are you going to call him Mike or is he Michael? No, we call him Madge. Oh, really? I like that. Yeah. You got you to gotta, you gotta switch it up a little bit. Well, well okay, first of all, congratulations on just – I, I've been doing this uh, as a player, coach, broadcasting for f- almost 40 years. I don't want to date myself too much. And that was about as electric a night as I can remember. I don't want to say it was the most electric, but I'll put it probably in the top five. Just just talk about that experience. I mean, here you go from practice squad to great preseason, to now you're starting in one of the most electric games in Seahawks history. Oh, it was great. You know, um, something I kind of prepared myself for last year on the practice squad when I first got here just taking it day by day and finding different ways to get better. So it will, it will be something that I always remember. Mike, I was a, a practice squad guy myself. So, um, man, I appreciate you and I appreciate the grind. I remember watching you during preseason, and you never left the field, man. I go, this guy has to make the ball club. Um, how rewarding is it for you to not only make the ball club but to get a start you got two fumble recoveries. I mean, this mm-hmm. is like a – it feels like a dream come true for me. I, I'm living through you right now, Mike. Oh, man. Hey, we us practice for our guys. Always stick together. But, uh, no, nah, it was fun. Um, just, like, just playing in that atmosphere, being back in the game, enjoying football. Because, you know, practice guard, you, you practice and you're not never really playing. So, there was something, like, I'm all grateful for. I don't take it for granted because I've been on that other side where a lot of guys haven't. So, it was, it's, it was just a great experience. Michael, or Mike, excuse me, um, you know, you're paid to, to cover. I mean, you're a corner, but my goodness, do you come with it. I mean, you, you, I'm a safety, so you, to me, you play like a safety. Have you always had that in your game? Oh, uh, yes, I've always been, like, the biggest corner, like, the biggest DB, the, uh, like, I'm probably the most in shape, but on paper, I'm the heaviest, like, I'm about 205. Uh, so it's, it's one of them things where you can't be 205 and talking about, like, I just want to cover guys. Like, nah, you got to be able to come up and hit. So, and I was that kid that all my people that I worked out with, grew up with, they're all D-line. So, like, I'm the one that's getting tossed around in the drills. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> so after a while, it paid off. Well, you still, I'm, I'm looking at your combine 40. It, it, 
has you down at running a 4-4-5, so it's not like uh, you can't run, too. What do you think is your greatest strength? Is it is it in the run game, or is it also or, or just being a pure cover guy? Honestly, I feel like it's, it's neither. It's just my work ethic. Like, I'm not going to... It don't matter if it's covering or run, run game. Like you're not gonna beat me on the same thing twice. Like I'm gonna make the adjustment. Um, I'm gonna think how you're thinking. Like because I prepare way more than you have. Like while you was in the bed sleep, like I was up on my feet trying to figure out. Like all right, how am I gonna cover this route if they run this? If we're in this defense and I get this, or right, how you gonna play it? Uh, are you going to take your shot right here? This might be a place you might be able to get a pick. So just like my mental approach towards the game, I feel like that's my strength. Mike, you are from Birmingham, Alabama. Iron Bowl goes down when you are 12 years old watching TV with your family. Who you rooting for, Bama or Auburn? Either I hate both of them. <laughs> that's a first. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Man, I, I respect yeah. your game. I respect your game so much, man. Like Moyer talks about, uh, you come downhill, you hit dudes, um, you're around the football. I think people underestimate how, how that's a knack, just being at the right place. Um, when those fumbles, uh, just happen to bounce your way, uh, what was the excitement like running to the sideline, hollering at your boys? Cause that's what I miss about playing too, just the chirping, you know, getting to the mix with your boys and other team. Oh man, it's it's great because I'm I'm always that DB. Like if I get a turnover, I take care of my big fellas. Yeah, most ninety five percent of the time they're the ones who cause. So it was just like, all right, bro, who I got to go buy dinner for? It was one of those things that it was it was just fun, like because that's what you talk about, like those sidelines. That's what guys miss the most, like just being on the sideline with guys, like you're in the heat of the battle. You're cracking jokes. Um, something might have happened on the field, and guys get into it. But the next series, they can be the same guys over there laughing and joking like nothing happened. It's, it's a true brotherhood, so it's fun. We're visiting with Mike Jackson, starting cornerback for the Seattle Seahawks. And, Mike, last year, you know, you guys make a change, the defensive coordinator. You bring in Coach Desai, Coach uh, Scott as well. Is there something that you can just tell us that's simple, that's different about your past defense this year? Not not going from a four three to a three four, but in the past defense, what what is different from this year to last year? Um, I'll say just you know communication. More guys are like locked in. I'm not gonna say locked in on the defense, but we all learned it at the same time. So it's it's kind of like we all came in at on the same level. Like none of us know nothing. So when everybody is new to everybody, everybody's learning and everybody's like trying to find. Okay, what happens if they do this? Like everybody has those what if questions. That's just for me personally. That's how I feel. Mike, you spent some time with the Cowboys, the Lions, the Patriots. Um, you've seen three other organizations and how they operate. What makes Seattle so special? Um, it's, it's a family. Like, Seattle allows you to be yourself. Like, some places you just go to, it's just like a regular job. You go and it's kind of like, yeah, I can't really be myself. Excuse me. I can't really be myself here. Like, it's kind of like I have to go to work, you know, 
do my job. I'm not on fake break, but I can't really just relax and be me. Here at Seattle, it's like, you can be you. If you're a quiet person, you can be quiet, and it's not looked at as, oh, you're not a team player. But if you outgoing, laugh, crack jokes, you can be that same one, and it's not, oh, he's not focused, or he plays around too much. Like, you can truly be you. What's that cornerback uh, lock or meeting rooms like? I mean, you got Tyreek Wool in there, who's what played about 15 games at corner. You, I mean, it's just such a great story, and it's part of it is just Pete giving opportunities. But what's just the personalities like in that uh, those meeting rooms with you guys? Oh, it's all all of us are like totally different because we came from you know different backgrounds. Like Tariq from I want to say San Antonio. I'm from Alabama. But at the same time, we all have, like, that dog mentality to the point where it's, like, there is no weak link. Like, you may think the guy who don't talk, like, during the game, I don't talk. I don't say nothing. But it's, like, you, some people, some people it might come off like, oh, he's the weak link because he's not talking trash. But you'll find out that I'm not. But then it's kind of like, oh, well, let's try this guy because he's talking trash. But then you're going to find out, nah, I can't really go at him either. <laughs> so it's kind of like a bunch of dogs in the room that's like always trying to find different ways to get better. Man, I love it. I love your game. Um, I'm happy for you, man. And we're looking forward to seeing you guys get it done this week against the 49ers. Mike, we appreciate your time, man. Oh, thank you. All right. That was Mike Jackson's starting corner for the Seattle Seahawks. If you are here, hang around. We got raffles going down. But when we return, we're going to talk to Abe Lucas. That is next right here on Hawks Live.